So welcome to Echo. Um, this morning we're going to be continuing, um, our, we're going to be finishing out our series on the waiting. So we've been considering um, what the people of God might have learned and felt and experienced as they were waiting for the Messiah. Um, I'm out of breath because I ran up here, so just bear with me. So um, we're going to we're going to talk um, a little bit about that again this morning. And um, the prophet Isaiah spoke to this about this waiting for the Messiah um, in chapter 9 here. So I'll read from the prophet Isaiah. I'm still out of breath, by the way. All right. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Today we celebrate the end of the waiting just as um, God's people did way back in the day. And we celebrate the coming of Jesus, how the world was forever changed. Now we'll be going to the book of Luke, chapter 2, to read about this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. As we consider what Christ's arrival means to us today, we're going to be looking um, through the lenses of Echo's four core values, creativity, connectivity, city, and commission. Creativity is up next, and I believe we have a special guest who is going to be sharing a story with us today. <sighs> oh, hi. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of running late. Uh, huh, I just woke up. Sorry, I'm not even dressed. Oh, I was just having the best dream. I didn't want it to end. You guys ever had a good dream? Like, like you're floating on a cloud, playing with a unicorn, and you just don't want to wake up. But sometimes, sometimes dreams are scary. Like sometimes I'm running from a dragon, or I have to go to the bathroom and I can't find any place to go. You ever have those dreams? Okay. Well, so the other night something happened to me. And I tell you, it was really cool. It was like the best dream in the world. But it was also super scary. And I, I felt it was a dream, but it was real. So the other night, I had just 
gotten all my PJs on, like this, and um, I brushed my teeth, like my mom taught me, and I was laying my head on my nice, soft pillow. When all of a sudden, there was a bright light that burst into my room. Mary! <gasps> this thing knew my name. So I thought, maybe if I pretend like I'm asleep, and I curl up in a little ball, and the monster from my closet will go away. Mary, God loves you. What kind of greeting is that? Are you serious? There's this bright light in my room, and now it's got a voice talking to me, and he says God loves me? I was so confused. God wants to bless you. Okay, that sounds good. Blessings from God are good. And you will become pregnant. Wait a minute. What did he just say? Do not be afraid. <gasps> Wouldn't you be afraid if a bright light was in your room and you couldn't even see it and there was a big voice and now he says, I'm going to be pregnant? That means a baby, right? Clearly, I am engaged to Joseph right now, but we have no baby plans yet. We're just thinking wedding plans. So I just looked at this voice and he went on. He said, you are going to have a son and name him Jesus, and he will be powerful. This was all starting to feel so overwhelming. I thought, I just need to go back to sleep. I don't know what's going on here. And finally, I got the courage to say, excuse me, Mr. Brightlight, um, do you have the right Mary? See, I'm engaged to Joseph, and we've barely been out on a date. I don't know how a baby thing is going to happen. Is there a Mary up the street that you're supposed to be in her room tonight? Then the voice said, God's spirit will come to you. He will place a baby inside of you, and the baby will be the son of God. Oh, this just got crazier. Not only am I going to have to take care of a baby, but the baby is going to be the son of God. What if I mess up? What if I drop him or something? What if he grows up and he falls down and he skins his knee? What if he gets stung by a bee? What if he gets made fun of at school? <gasps> what if I lose him? How in the world am I going to teach anything to the Son of God? God knows everything. What can I teach the Son of God? The voice said, with God, all things are possible. I guess that's right. I mean, if God wants me to do this, he'll give me the way to do it, right? He'll give me strength. He'll be with me, won't he? So I looked and I said, I'm God's servant. May it be what you have planned. And like that, the light was gone. <sighs> Guys, I just, I just thought, what did I eat before dinner? But you know what? I kind of had this happy feeling inside and I thought, was that really real? You know, I heard a long time ago, God used to send special messages with angels. Do you think that's what it was? Do you think an angel just came to my house? And then I had another worry. What am I going to tell Joseph? Is he even going to believe me? But you know what? A couple days later, the same bright light with a big voice visited Joseph. So now he doesn't think I'm crazy. He's crazy too. God's working everything out just like he had planned. So 
I'm trying to get used to this idea. I'm still a little nervous. Okay, I'm a lot nervous. This is not how I plan my life. But I feel like God's plans are pretty good, you know? So I wanna tell you, maybe right now there's something going on that's not how you plan life. It's kinda hard when things don't work out like we plan. But trust God, because he's got some neat things going on. And he can make beautiful things out of really weird situations. All right, thanks for listening to my story. Uh, I'm still kind of tired. I think I'm going to take a nap. My portion of talking to you about Echo's core values today is to help us define and understand the value of connectivity. And connectivity for us really reflects what it is to be community and how we go about that in our daily lives. Uh, There are a few passages, I think, that are easy to glaze over when we're reading the Bible, and the first few of those are in Genesis. So Genesis 5 is an account of the people who lived between Adam and Noah. And when you get reading this, it's just laboring to get through all these words and all these years and trying to put together exactly how long all these people lived. And it's really funny, especially to me, uh, in this passage, it says, and then uh, this person lived 957 years and then he died. And then it goes through that about 10 different times. Um, The second one is also in Genesis Uh, which is Genesis 10, and it's called the Table of Nations. This passage is important because it says this. uh, These are the clans of Noah's sons, according to their lines of descent, within their nations. From these nations, uh, from these, the nations spread out all over the earth after the flood. And then there's Genesis 11, which is the lineage from a man named Shem to Abram who, of course, is the person God chooses to uh, work out all of these covenants and stuff to bring reconciliation back to his people. On uh, both my paternal and maternal sides of my family, I can trace my genealogy back no more than six generations. Jesus whose genealogy we find in Matthew 1, can trace his back 42 generations. Uh, Furthermore, my boss uh, at City Gospel Mission and one of my co-workers went to Israel a few weeks ago, and they had this teacher there uh, who was their guide around the country, and he's from Israel. His name was Arye Bar-David, and his surname, David, connects him to that David, which I just find to be remarkable. Um, And this is how community historically has been defined. We're starting to see some inkling of that uh, come back to us here uh, with with nationalism and the rise of that. But um, this is how we used to define things. It used to be about your lineage. And it it was the 12 tribes in Israel. That was your community, and that's how this was. Um, So what changed between now and then is the fact that we're able to roam and how we're able to roam. We can 
sail across the sea and fly across the sky and soon we'll be able to go to Mars and we'll be able to trace our lineage to Mars and won't that be fun? <laughs> like, um, that's the difference. And maybe some of you can trace your, your lineage or your genealogy back further than six generations. But my guess is, is that most of us cannot. And as we've spread around the globe even further from the beginnings of civilization, we've gained a different worldview on the importance of continuing to trace these things. So it's important to remember when we talk about community and connectivity that Jesus breaks down the walls of these insulated communities to bring the message of God's redeeming grace to the entirety of creation. It wasn't just about those 12 tribes anymore. It was about everybody when he came here as the Messiah. Um, Our line begins and ends with Jesus and the roots and branches of every single tribe, tongue, and nation on the planet. Be that as it may, I find it fascinating that we have this written record of the people who protected the covenant between God and his people. They thought enough of future generations to write this stuff down so that we would have an idea of who God is and how we can reconnect with him. And I feel, when I think of this, I feel uh, a sense of burden to continue this thing uh, for next generations and for believers to come. And this starts with connecting with our communities. So at Echo, we have this core value of connectivity thinking about it as community, this is what we say on our website. We break down the walls of isolation to bring people, churches, and communities together. Echo is a place where people can come interact with people on a similar journey through life. He calls his own by name and leads them out. I think that's really powerful. So here's what I want to do. I have a couple of helpers today, uh, Izzy and Sonny. Now is your, now is your time uh, to, to help out. They have a piece of paper and a pen, and they're going to distribute that to everybody here. And uh, here in just a second, I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do. Yeah, go ahead. This is the old... Uh, youth minister and me like allowing me like an object lesson so that we can (laughs) so that we can take something home with us right and show our parents Uh, I have a slide a single slide Dylan really spiced this up for me this morning I sent him a white screen with three orange circles and he turned it into this (laughs) give him a hand it's really good Yeah, it looks good. I did, when he told me he was doing that, I was like, it would be really cool if they look like Christmas ornaments. And he goes, I don't have that kind of time this morning. <clears throat> so uh, here's, what, here's what I would like for us to do. On that piece of paper that you have, uh, and this might be difficult, but you can use the pew or use one of the Bibles. Just draw three circles. Don't put, don't put work home and third in there. Just draw the circles for right now. And here's, here's what I want. For some, for some of you, I know that you might have to adjust this a little bit and that's okay. Uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit, um, Does everybody have them? Raise your hand if you don't have a piece of paper. Kevin. Kevin. Kevin doesn't have a piece of paper. 
And does everybody have a pen? We're out of pens. Oh, man. That's my bad. We'll have to share like a real community does. That's part of the object lesson. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> All right. Draw three circles. And in the first circle that you draw, put your place uh, where you work. That is probably the place you spend the second most amount of time in your life. And if you work at home, put home. And then where it says home, put the name of your neighborhood. So for me, it would be East Price Hill. The name of your neighborhood where you live. And then the third place. This is where you're going to spend the, the third most amount of your time. Um, like, what is that place? And you can't put church. Don't put church. Maybe it's a coffee shop. Do what? What if it is church? Then put your fourth most uh, visited place. So for me, it would be, it would, honestly, it might be Block Coffee Shop. I spend a lot of time there in Price Hill. I also spend quite a bit of time at Landlocked, which is in Walnut Hills. How's it going? Good? So far, so good? Cool. Now, what I would like for us to do is around those circles, start to list some people that you know. And for, for home, it could be your family. So I would put Izzy and Audrey and Piper and Michelle. But then also your neighbors. So I would put Tony and Charles. I would put Angela, those kind of things. Put some of your neighbors. And maybe they don't live right next to you, but they live in your neighborhood. That would be great. Work, same thing. And then same thing on the third place. So for third place, I would put Rhett and Matt and Becca and some people like that. People whom I know at that third place. I'll know we're ready to move on when everybody stares at me, wondering what we're going to do next. (laughs) Izzy's got it down. Now, if you could, just fold that in half and keep it with you throughout the rest of the day. Well, you know, fold it and maybe you fold it in quarters and put it in your pocket or whatever. And then, you know, put it maybe in the front of your Bible if you've got a paper Bible or put it in something that you open every day. And let that be a reminder that that's your community. Those are the Those are the people that God has allowed you to be around to profess his message. And how you do that is up to you. God wires us all differently. If it's with words, then it's with words. If it's the way you live, then it's with the way you live. 
Um, if it's by acts of service, then it's by acts of service. But those things, those people, those definitions that we just drew around those circles, those are the people you have an impact with. And in turn, that is your community, in addition to what we have here. Um, and then what I want to do is just take the next 30 to 45 seconds and all of us just kind of silently pray over the, uh, the page that we just made. So let's do that now. Hour together. And as they were figuring out who was going to play with each other, I walked into the room and saw one guy on the side. His name's O, and O was standing not in any type of gear that would allow him to play basketball, but he was just staring at all of the guys on the court. And as I buddied up next to him, because we're friends and we talk all the time, O looked at me and he said, you better watch out today. And I'm like, I have no idea what you mean. And he said, because I came strapped and you're going to be the first to go. Translation, I brought a gun to this game and I'm going to shoot people. Not really the day that you want like to happen in front of you as you're coming to play basketball in an after-school program. Like I had really didn't write this in my journal this morning. Today I hope to face a gun. I looked at Owen. I was like, you, "You're strapped," and he was like, "Yeah, man. You need to watch yourself." I okay. Well, you know that if you brought a gun to a game, we actually have to pat you down. And you know that Pep over there, the coach that you don't like, he's the only coach that we allow to pat people down. He's like, really? It's Pep? And I was like, yeah. And he really likes to pat guys down who threaten to have guns. Nah, man, I don't have a gun. I don't have one at all. I, like, I was just playing. Well, if you're just playing, I need to check your waistband because I don't want to get shot today playing basketball. It's a totally different kind of shot than we should be making. So he lifts his waistband up. He's like, I don't have a gun. And his friend is sitting there and he's like, he doesn't have a gun. But in my mind, I thought, what is it? What is it about our city? What is it about this place that we live? That we worship in? That we learn in? That we get really great coffee in? That we attempt to root for sports teams in? We try really hard on their behalf. That we work in, that we celebrate in, that we enjoy tacos in. That we date others in, that we celebrate in, that we go to musicals or movies in, that we learn in, that we reap from, that we make money off of that we drive through, that we enjoy, that we celebrate? What is it about the voice of this city that we love that would have one of its youth say, you better watch out, I came strapped today? When he wasn't even telling the truth. What is it about our city? 
What is it waiting for? What is it longing for? That's, that's what we've been talking about this, this December is the, the idea that there's a, there's a silence on behalf of God to people, that there's a longing on behalf of those who didn't think that they were going to belong, that there's been an invitation for young 15, 16-year-old women to be part of a story that they didn't believe that they could be part of, that there's this, this thing that's happening in the waiting and that, that there's an arrival that something's going to show up. But on Tuesdays, I walk into a gym and the voice that I hear from the city is one that's saying, but what about me? I, in order to get your attention, need to say, I'm going to shoot you. It's the voice that's waiting, that's wondering, that's longing, that wants a church to echo into its hallways and into its gym something else has arrived. 1 John 1. This is the way John, follower of Jesus, disciple, wrote about the coming of Jesus into the world. Into the world. Verse 2. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Quick side note, there is no better Sunday to hear the cries of a child than on the Sunday before Christmas. So I love this, that we're listening to a sermon in the midst of life appeared. Right? Not as a fully formed human adult with a man beard walking around telling the world how we were going to exist, but as a completely dependent, vulnerable infant that needed the city, community, world around him in order to survive into the place where his voice would be made known and he would change everything. Like, I love the vulnerability of life appeared. And I wonder what it would look like to unwrap the gift of life appeared to the city of Cincinnati that ranks fourth on families that live below the poverty line in the United States, that ranks third on the most human trafficked city in the United States because of I-75 and I-71. What does it look like for life appeared to show up in our city? Well, it simply looks like this. The fellowship of believers echoes through the streets. And it echoes in the hallways and it echoes in the pubs and it echoes in the coffee shops and it echoes in the schools and it echoes in the stadiums and it echoes in our houses and it echoes in the grocery stores and it echoes in a gym with a kid who thought he had to come strapped. It took an hour to talk O down and to figure out what he was really asking for. But an hour in, he said, hey, I don't have a gun, but I do have something in my pocket. Oh, what do you have in your pocket? And he just gently pulls these two packets out. I was a little nervous, like, <laughs> asking you to hurt me right now. And he pulls out two packets of powdered hot chocolate. 
His class at school had made hot chocolate together, but he felt too dumb to figure it out. So he took the packets and he stuffed them in his jacket. And he came to his after-school program, acting hard, working through to figure out, why am I not smart enough to understand this? Why can't I do something? I need a win today. And finally, when we worked through all the mess, life appeared. And he said, I have two packets. Will you show me how to make one for me, and will you make one for you? And so while a whole bunch of guys played basketball, Owen and I learned how to make hot chocolate together. And oh, it was so good. And at the end, he was like, hey, next week, will you bring the hot chocolate? Because I don't like playing basketball. It's just as simple as hot chocolate and life showing up. That's how the city will be influenced. It's where you are and who you live with, who you work with, and who you celebrate with. The city will change as our community echoes through the streets. I love that you've heard from so many different voices, but on a morning like today, I think the best way for us to conclude is to hear from the voices that founded this place with us, that created a community and have fought for year after year for us to get together. So Steve's going to come up and close us out this morning. Where's Seth go? This is, this is where I've pictured it happening. Just close enough to make Henry feel awkward. I'm successful? Yes, that's what teenage years do. Bear with me, brother. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I was thinking this week about the preposition with. Weird word, with. You have to get the TH in, otherwise it sounds like, you know, with. And it is not a miss. With is a conjoiner. With, I think, and I was doing this internally, I think it was the, it's the best preposition by far, right? <clears throat> I mean, you've got your from, your at. No, I'm, I'm going to hold out for with, right? With guacamole. I mean, if I don't have to pay extra for that stuff. That's good news. With new and improved odor-fighting chemicals. I mean, let's be honest. We want the with. If I conclude, with love. Or even maybe good, with, I'll be with you. I love with. I love that Emmanuel means God with us. Because I think what that does is redefine the God definition, doesn't it? Because many of us, even at this time of year when we have moments of celebration, struggle to understand what God means to us. And sometimes we insert different prepositions in there. Sometimes we feel that it's God at us. That God is our adversary. That he is somebody that brings me something that I do not want. And it's me versus God. Sometimes we view our existence at God over us. That maybe we have like this, this healthier view of who God is, but still, it, it, it's him hovering over here in some unreachable place for me that I cannot access. But that is not who 
Jesus is. He is God with us. And as we've been going through here today, and I wish it was my idea because when we were like, what do we want to do for Christmas? And Seth and Chris were like, we need to talk about who Echo is. We need to talk about Christmas in light of the core values. And I was like, I wonder how that's going to play out. But I thought this has played out well. I love what Kelly did creatively because creativity and with her, her um, what she brings to the table because she brought something new in a voice to it. I love that Seth has this internal movement toward connectivity that serves us as a church. That I hope that even in the six months as he's been our lead minister, you feel like we are coming together. And that's why I challenge you. I feel 2019 is going to be a good year for our body because we're getting closer and closer together. I love that I didn't have to talk about about city, and Chris did, because we started Echo right here in the midst of the city, which is a cold place, and for years, those of you who have been with us on journey trying to make that better, it's great to have people now with us who are bringing that to life. I love everything that our worship group, Dylan, has led, and Kendra, what everybody is bringing to the table, and then I end up with this last core value, commission, commission. And it's the weirdest one of our core values. And I'll be honest, it was, even, it was a later addition to our core value because we saw something that we might have avoided. Is that as much as Echo is a great place to bless the community and our networks and neighborhood around us, that it stands for something even greater. And that is the idea that we believe that God is with us and we want him to be with other people as well. That peace was brought on earth, but that Jesus also brings peace for eternity. And those of us who are blessed with the good news of peace sometimes take for granted that this is an exclusive promise. That if we believe the nativity, if we believe who God is, then we believe it's for everybody and not everybody subscribes to it. And we want to bring this to other people. We want peace to come. That's why I love that what Seth did in connectivity and challenge about the circles because this is the exact thing that we need to be thinking of when we think of commission. Co-mission. We are on mission with God. Do you see that? There was a miracle in Bethlehem. A virgin gave birth to a child. God with us come to earth to change the world. That very, very God then asks all of us to be with him on mission. Commission, commission with God. We who believe the baby in the manger grew up to be the man who is the ultimate sacrifice for our sins and the sins of the world. Praise Jesus that we have this good news. But friends, this good news is not for us alone. It's for everybody. It's for the world. God is with us. So we serve with him on mission. And as you celebrate with your families and friends in the days to come, this this beautiful event that was Christ come to earth, remember that that peace is for all and for eternity. So we're going to close. Dylan, uh, he had the band. If the band wants to go back up, that's great. But we're going to close in a way because that message, that news, that Christmas message of joy should be the last songs of our lips as we leave and celebrate together. Amen? Let's rise. Let's sing of the joy.
that came to the world. 